Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hello. Welcome. Life let's chat. It's hard. You want to talk? I know. That's disappointing. Sit back. Let's work this How's out. How's it going? What are we doing here? Where are you going? amazing if you think about it. Let's think this about this. strange. I have some thoughts about that. Life is hard. Trauma bonded. What's this light do? Anything? Anything? Wait, Repo Man? That's the one we're That's... supposed to be doing? Are you serious? Just kidding. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> um, do you have an opening bit prepared? Either you do or you don't. <laughs> Was I on mute? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Sorry. I thought a lot and I don't. I have one, sort of. <laughs> okay. Okay. So one thing that I noticed about this episode is it has a an artistic technique in it that we writers refer to as the objective correlative, right? I first learned about this concept in a writing class and I'm going to just, I'm just going to read the uh, formal definition to you. Objective um, correlative. There's some this, learning in this. this. I like the internet. And this is the artistic and literary technique of representing or evoking a particular emotion by means of symbols that objectify that emotion and are associated with it. So. What's that mean? In this, in this episode, Brian's story, right? It's very much this cane or walking stick, right? Mm. It kind of becomes okay. the symbol for him. He gets hit with it when he's a kid and then, you know, the culminating event of the story is he gets hit with another one. And he even refers to it himself at the end, you know, like there's this symbolism behind it. So I thought it'd be fun if we talked about a few movies to see if we can figure out if or what the objective correlative is in the movie. Okay. Let's start, let's start off with an okay. easy one. Okay, wait. What? So, well- so the cane is the objective correlative, and it symbolizes an emotion? Right. You know what you're saying? It, okay. It represents okay. an emotion. Right. Represents so, emotion. Okay. So think of objective, the object, correlative, ah. relate 
to the story or relate ah, an emotion you. to the story. So when we watch movies, especially, I mean, it happens obviously in, in literary ways as well. But when we there's a symbol associated with an emotion, it helps the audience better understand. Or when that object, like, because it's a visual art, when it comes back on screen, we're like, uh oh, I know what that means. Or, oh, I know what that means. You know, like it evokes. Nice. Yes. Yes. That. Okay. Gotcha. For like example, this. here's an easy one. Okay. Okay. What's the objective correlative, or at least one, in the movie Forrest Gump? Is it, is it the box of chocolates? Oh. <laughs> no. Are you saying no? Are you laughing? It's just an, is it not? Okay. I'm laughing at myself because I wrote Forrest Gump, but I met Castaway. <laughs> Volleyball. <laughs> Winston. <laughs> I was confused because I was like, they do. Okay, good. Like, yeah, same thing. But maybe there was a. Oh, oh, that's. Volleyballs yeah. are like a box of castaway. <laughs> okay, now that makes more sense. Uh, yeah. Okay, but okay, good. Wilson, the volleyball. Yeah. Oh, I said um, Winston. Yeah, Wilson. Yeah, Winston. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, another easy one. Uh, okay. What's the objective correlative in Citizen Kane? No, you see. I I haven't seen that. You what know, is I've it? heard about the movie Citizen Kane. I've heard of it. Tell me again. Everyone talks about Rosebud. That's the last line that he says oh, okay. before he dies. Rosebud. Whoa! Spoiler alert. It is kind of spoilery. You'll never watch it. It's boring. Okay. Um, okay. But Rosebud is the sled from his childhood. And so he oh. is directly calling out the symbolism for the audience. Like, after all of the shit he goes through in his life, the money he makes, da, 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 the power, da, 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 all he really is thinking about on his deathbed bed is this beautiful thing from his childhood, Rosebud. So the sled oh. represents what is truly actually meaningful in our lives. Right. Um, mm, okay. Here's, yeah. here's, I think this is an easy one. Okay. Ready? The hunger games. Oh, the, uh, the, uh, mocking Jay. The pin, the pin, or you could say the mocking Jay. Yeah. The mocking Jay shows up in other ways too. But the pin, yeah. something they focus on, when it goes on her, it's meaningful. When when Lenny Kravitz puts it on her, it's meaningful, you know. Um, this is fun. Is this fun? Yeah. Okay, let's try one that you might, we might, let's talk, okay, let's talk about not, a movie that you I'm really scared. love. Oh, okay. That I really love. But it might be your favorite movie. Come buy me love. Yeah. What's the an objective correlative and can't buy me love? The dress. You mean the leather no. suit outfit? The leather. 
Yeah. The, the, the suede yeah. outfit that she takes from her mom the suede, and spills wine on. They spill wine. Yeah. I wrote that too. Yeah. At first. Oh. Oh, okay. And then we'll think about, about it. it more. Let me think about it more. And remember, it can be more abstract than a literal object. Oh. Like okay, I was reading me. that one. Okay. No, no, no. Say, but don't tell me the answer. But what you're saying, yeah. Like I read like, on on uh, the movie Twilight, like on Cora, someone was saying that the objective correlative in Twilight is the sunset and sunrise, sunrise and sunset, which is like indicative of the night and day, which is like a representation of Bella and Edward's complete gotcha. opposition. In, of the to each other, right? One one wakes up at sunrise. One goes to bed at sunrise. I don't know. I read money. Is it money? What well, on can't buy me love? Yeah. No. Okay. Is it? I don't think no, so. Okay, okay. Okay. Hold on. What is what is an item in the movie that is a symbol? for their relationship and more specifically the degradation of their relationship. Who knew? Can't buy me love. Deep shit. Deep. Powerful. <laughs> so but, is it something that symbolizes the lie? The way it gets used doesn't symbolize the lie it symbolizes the betrayal by the way listeners if you've never seen can't buy as you're under <laughs> if you 30, get to pause now pause it watch, watch the movie it's and then come hot, back hot, hot patrick dempsey in it the woman, oh she died she's done like of the flu or something it was messed up. She was only like 40 or something. Yeah. The main girl's dead. Um, it's got Gerardo in it. Oh, no one under 30 knows who Gerardo is. Who's that guy? The blonde guy. That was in or the other, the little. Oh, I was talking about the little brother. Is he something, someone right now? Uh, no, he went from so. freak to geek. Oh, Yeah. Anyways, go find the movie. You'll love it. It's great 80s. So it symbolizes the, the betrayal. Uh, oh, no. I'm going to kick myself when you tell me. You're going to kick yourself. What draws the... Glasses? What? No, because you just said it was an object. Go more abstract. What it's more draws, abstract. What draws them closer... And then he uses to betray her with <gasps> later. Like her sexuality? <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. It's not. <laughs> but sexuality. I thought that was. No, but I mean, like, because. I don't know. No, because. What's her sexuality? Like, no, oh, but her, like. They bone? And... No, they don't bone. They bo- I don't remember. He they gets to boning. He's boning lots. Well, that other 
Yeah, how does he get her in bed? The other one? Yeah, the other one. That gives With that poem. And Greyhound. Yeah, With the poem. That yeah, po- it's her poetry. Poem. Her poetry. It's it's sea, a sea, a blue, uh, blue, yeah. Us two, me and you, together forever <laughs> in a sea, uh, sea. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's her poetry. It draws them together, right? It's, oh, it's, so there's this emotional component to her sharing her poetry with him. And then it comes back again when he recites the lines to uh, betray. That was a Hunt. big betrayal. And, was, and she knows about that. And that's a betrayal because that was a personal intimate thing that they shared together. Never shared it so with anybody when else. We hear him say those lines to Iris. Who's given more rides in Greyhound. We mm-hmm. as an audience go, Oh, he's using her poetry to pick up Iris, right? It has that emotional component that we understand. That's a simple. Oh, God, that was, oh, ouchie. Um, here's, a, here's a good one. Okay. Advent- adventures and babysitting. Oh, um, the Thor uh, um, wing hat. Yeah, Thor's helmet, yeah. I think. Helmet. Sorry. Yeah. It's something that we see consistently through the movie, right? And we know by the time it comes into play where a transaction happens so that our our main cast of heroes can get home and out of their situation, that's what becomes the currency, right? We know what a big deal it is for him to give the helmet Mm -hmm. and for him to, and then he gets it's so Uh. remarkable to think about how these things are subtly happening in front of us, but they're intentionally done. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, The guy from law and order. Totally. Yeah. Not funny. There's long blonde hair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's kind of a fun game. That's fun. Objective correlative. Relative. Yeah, so in Brian's story, it's definitely this walking, this shellacked walking. <sighs> Welcome to Trauma Bonded. I'm Ellie Westberg here with Therese Garcia. Hello. And today we're discussing episode 265, What If a Routine Pickup Led to a Crushing Blow?, Reeling from the early loss of his father and abuse in the family, a man finds an outlet through cars and becomes a repo agent. But on a routine job one night, he faces a life-altering danger that will change him forever. And full disclosure, I am the showrunner for This Is Actually Happening, and I have the privilege to vet stories and conduct pre-interviews before they go to wit for the final interview. This show, Trauma Bonded, is for the listeners, a space where we can talk about each episode, digest it, and reflect on it with empathy and also a bit of levity. Um, <laughs> T, what stuck out to you is the heart of Brian's story. The whole thing with repo, bills, you're paying your bills, you might be struggling for three months. Doesn't seem like a long time to be struggling. And then on the 91st day, repo man comes, right? I'm not saying like anybody should be violent towards each other or anything, but it's a sad situation, you know? Um, 
And then it just makes me think like we're these rules and these like expectations and money, you know, all these things come at you. And now we're fighting each other. We're just fighting each other. But there's other things like now he's thinking about like, you know, I don't even have insurance. Like, how am I supposed to do this? You know, and it's to me like, of course, you're going to feel anger. Of course, you're going to feel hopeless, you know, because of these things that are brought upon you. Yeah. Um, in the world that we live in, in the country that we live in. <clears throat> yeah. That it just, like, it's almost a way that we just, like, fight each other and we're distracted by that when we should be, like, thinking about what are the powers that are making us feel this way. Mm. Totally. There, there are so many, yeah. like, I don't know, societal constructs l- littered through the story that are, like, yeah, why are we dealing with that? What is it with, you know, this family had a Mercedes and a Cadillac. Clearly they couldn't yeah. afford them. What is, but there's some kind of root to someone feeling that they either deserve a vehicle they can't afford or it's representative of some sort of like luxury or status. Status completely. Like, why do we? give in to these, that kind of a construct. Um, I mean, clearly that's something we're all propagandized with. I mean, that's intentional. That's capitalism. Um, you know, we could dress it up in, in safety, you know, that's, that's how they get you. They're like, Oh no. I mean, it's a good looking expensive vehicle, but it's really safe. Mm -hmm. Protect your family, you know, so you don't have to feel, that it's completely motivated by vanity. Um, there's also this idea of shame uh, associated with not mm-hmm. being able to pay our bills. And it's really hard to accept that about our ourselves and we are embarrassed. And so when someone's there in your face, basically pointing out your great financial flaw and then taking the thing from you, mm-hmm. it's hard not to accept that it was your fault in some way. And so the retaliation comes. Got to blame somebody. Right. The guy that's taken the car away. But he's just right. the face of it. So many bits of the status quo come into this one. Even this idea of like property, right? And ownership even though Mm -hmm. technically the bank owns it, but it's in your possession and it's on your property. And we do, especially in America, we have this obsession with that's my property. That's my thing. Mm -hmm. You know, stepping on my property. I'll get off my property. Yeah. 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 Um, So there's an entitlement that comes with him entering your property, even though it's for justified causes, you know, people might just see that blind rage and um, someone to come take away what they perceive to be theirs because they're in possession of it, even though it's clearly the banks. Um, what else? That's good to you. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, How about you? I, yeah. What did you think about? Well, I think my, the heart of the story to me was just very much about Brian I think what you're saying is completely true too, but I think what stands out to me the most is just like how he really knows himself 
Um, and he really understands the way the world works. And I like how he forges his own path. This, uh, this is funny because I did point out in my statement, conventional society, like he forges his own path despite all the messages from a conventional society, right? Like he rejects this idea that like a conventional education is something that he needs. Like he just follows his heart and what he is truly interested in. You could even argue like the main turning point for his entire personality is unconventional. Like that he gives his mother credit for beating the shit out of him, which is really backward and we yeah. don't endure physical violence. Yeah. But he really truly attributes that sort of weird measure as this life-saving moment for him. So he really doesn't give a fuck what society has told him he should be and do. Like he really does mm-hmm. seem to to forge his own path in a way that makes sense for him. And I think that it's really refreshing. Like this guy like knows what's up. I I'm a big fan of his. Um, He's the kind of guy that finds a way through it. And I think that's something kind of special. Just a person that finds their way through it. And like, I mean, we don't know what he's really like. He's been through a couple of marriages, you know, I'm sure his like a lot of them. Have things to say about him, <laughs> but he definitely finds a way through it. And I admire him for that. Um, yeah. And it, it seems to always make him better. Like even the yeah. bad things, you know, like he, if I may, rolls with the punches a bit, right? He's like, I just yeah. protected my face and my balls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the important stuff. Um, yeah. There's like a, then, a wise, yeah. a wiseness and calm about him that like, mm-hmm. yeah, he just, he accepts that life is going to turn on a dime, but he just can manage himself in any situation. Yeah, you know, I noticed too, he doesn't kind of um, dwell on the past. Like when he talks to his dad for the first time after like 30 years, right? I think his mindset is like future, like future, future. It's like, I'll take what I learned from the past. That's it. And then let's keep going forward. Um, Maybe that's how he gets through it. Yeah, this rule that is like, I don't want to hear your thoughts about my mother. Like Mm -hmm. it could easily devolve into that, but yeah, he's not interested in rehashing the past because he does have this wisdom about him that he, it's almost like he sees that he's never going to get the truth exactly as he wants it. He's going to accept what he gets in his face at the time. Which I'm like, I want to know what happened, you know? Yeah. But it's true. Like, there's so many different parts of the truth. You're never even going to get it. So long ago, too. Yeah. You won't hear it from your mom, clearly, because she lied and is dead. And then yeah. the dad has, like, a totally different perspective, and it's biased. Everyone's biased anyways. Right. Including him. So he's like, you know what? Let's just leave it. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. 
Because I would, I feel a little crazy just listening to it. Like I really want to know. Yeah. Oh, we're just so interested in assigning blame, right? I know. I really want to. (laughs) He doesn't seem (laughs) interested in that. Yeah. That's, and I think that's such a remarkable trait of a person. It's very evolved. It is extremely evolved. Um, what, what, what were you like when you were 12, T? I was totally Were you an weird. angry kid? Were you punching trees? Just a weirdo. Knocking down sheds? I don't think so. I don't know. Giant glasses, brace face, probably. <laughs> Laughing a, too loud. Yeah, between my front teeth that I could fit my pinky into. Oh, and then you got braces? Well, so, yeah, I got an expander to, like, basically pull everything apart to, like, fix my jaw. And then the braces, yeah, pulled everything back together. Ow. Yeah. Gee. Ow. Yeah. Big ow. Yeah, I had brace face and then the, what was it, the headgear, um, headgear that you had to wear, like, 14 hours a day, which <laughs> is so messed up. School? No, I couldn't do it, dude. I was already, like, the weirdest so you had to sleep with it on? I slept with it on anything, not to... It's already... It's already bad, we, what's going on with me when I'm 12. what we went through in orthodontia <laughs> in these... Yeah, now that you can't even see them now. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's no, like all... Like, they just shoot a laser in your mouth. And they're like, you're done. Like, done. Like, that didn't months. even hurt. It's like four years. Months? I'm talking years. No, it was years. It was um, like two years for me. Two years of hell. This expander that I wore that pulled all my teeth apart, I had to lay back and put my head in my mom's lap. It was this big piece of metal that was cemented in the roof of my mouth, and she had this key, and every night she had to tighten. No. (laughs) She'd put the key in and tighten it up. Tears are just streaming down my face. (laughs) Like, it's pure... Like torture, maniacal, evil shit. And you're like, why are you laughing, mom? Like, what is this? Is this weird? So much. And then, and it's just what they put on kids. Maybe more kids should have to go through orthodontia. Maybe it toughened us up in ways that we didn't even know. I and then I had to wear like rubber bands across the front of my brackets. And I thought it'd be cool to wear like neon and neon colored ones. Oh my god! Like, no, me too. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> me too. Like I, they're like, what color? Cool. You know, rubber yeah, bands cool. do you want? And I was just like, yeah. Oh, oh, uh, this week I'll do my my school colors because you know I got a volleyball game. Like it just felt so cool or something. But also, it's just so weird. Like, let's Dude. not. It's terrible. And then the pain. Like, Like, it's not only, like, the mental humiliation. It's the physical pain of it all. I remember eating a chip and just being like, I'm going to eat you a chip. (laughs) (laughs) And the constant beratement from the orthodontist. Oh, my Uh, God. Have you been eating popcorn? No, sir. I swear. (laughs) Is that for record? (laughs) <laughs> or one time, like I was such a good kid, and they put these like little blue rubber bands between like my in my back teeth, 
and they were just these just between my teeth and I would lay in bed and it just, it's just throbbing and I'm yeah. throbbing in pain. And one night I just ripped one of them out. And that's just so not me because, you know, my parents were constantly talking to me about how expensive this was. And like, I just had to bend over and take it, you know, <laughs> and I to like usurp my medical treatment, but I just couldn't take it anymore. And I pulled the rubber band out and it was like instant relief. And I got so much hell at the orthodontist office. I can't believe you did that. I know. I That's how much pain I was in. I just couldn't take it. I, I couldn't it out. do that. I couldn't do that. My, I had to hear it from my mom. I had to hear it from oh, my I'm orthodontist. Sure I had to hear it from can't imagine. the orthodontal assistant. Just pure shit. How much trauma are we carrying around from those years <laughs> with this braces related shit? And you had this little piece of paper where you have to you have to put X's for every hour that you wore your headgear. Did I you do didn't that? Have to, didn't have to wear headgear. For accountability. And just be like <laughs> what a terrible burden. Yeah. You're all kidding. Like, are you sure it's 14 hours? It was, I mean, honestly, it was probably closer to 10. It's terrible. And this is the first time I'm revealing this. Oh my god, it was closer to 10, say. not 14. I'm like, yeah, 14, 15. It's right here. I asked it. Yeah, that's so you went to school. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're at school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All time, love it. They love it. Everyone loves it. My friends love it. They're jealous. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because he talks about how he is an empath. And even then at 14, I think this is really emotionally evolved. Mm -hmm. If this truly is what he thought, maybe looking back on it, this, he ascribes more what he knows now. I I don't know if it's truly what he thought when he was 14, because it just seems really fucking evolved for a 14 year old that instead of him like being mad at his mom for kicking his ass, he has this moment of realization, right? Where he's like, um, he's putting his self in his mother's shoes and realizing mm-hmm. like, um, he's given her a lot of grief and she doesn't deserve it. And he decides to like turn himself around. Like who, who does this? This is such an evolved kid. When I was 14, yeah. I remember feeling like, and I think this is common, like no one understands me, you know? Like my mom would would yell at me for leaving my towels on the floor, and I'd be like, "But I'm not pregnant." <laughs> like these are the standards by which. I mean, I mean, more like I'm. I, I was making the point that I wasn't a bad kid. Like if this is the worst thing I'm doing, oh. leaving my wet towel <laughs> on the floor, like you should be fucking excited to have. How about you're kid. welcome. Yeah, right. It was the worst oh, that right? I do. Yeah, yeah. I was not thinking about because now I see what she means. Because she, I remember she used to say, "She go, you leave your wet towels on the floor. Like it makes me feel like you don't love me." And I thought that was insane. And Good now job. I totally get it. I totally <clears throat> get it. I, I. Feel so terrible that I ever left left a towel on the floor, knowing that she hated it so much. Like I couldn't just be nice to my mom and pick up the towels. Instead, I, w- I was like sticking it to her because I thought she was being insane. Oh, so you were doing it on purpose. Well, after she told me that, 
I feel like I did. Oh, I know. I know. Mm, I yeah, that's sad. Call your mom. <clears throat> not right now, but yeah. Like he said, like I can't believe I'm making my mom beat my ass in the driveway. Yeah. yeah. Like he he he's he says he's responsible. He shows no anger or anything towards his mom in that yeah. moment. <clears throat> it was some kind of catharsis for him. Like yeah. she just beat him into this new person. It's not a recommended way to raise your child. No, I don't but think so. It worked for this family. And we'll leave it at that. I'm probably going to go not do that. Do, yeah, probably do not do that. I'm not doing that. What if you, What if one of your kids, like... <clears throat> that's what I was is, thinking. Is, like, a hot dogger when they're 12, 14. I know. I have no idea. Like, what's the plan? I don't know. I don't know, but I was thinking just that. Like, what if, like, Arlo decided he was going to be doing stuff like that all the time? Not just, like, one time, yeah. but, like, <clears throat> doing all the things. And I just keep saying, like, you want to do that? Because I, <laughs> because I, I, I'm hoping I wouldn't get so angry that it would be like a whole thing. Well, but the hope like, is that you've raised him. <clears throat> that he would I mean, he hasn't encountered a lot of strife in his life, right? That's like the he's, thing. He's very much loved and surrounded by love. And there's no one that's left him that's making him feel angry. Like, Usually that's what's coming out in this teen angst, but also tea, it just comes out for like People, nice yeah. kids too. Yeah. Oh, for like, sure. We, we had it rough in ways, but we don't have any idea what it's like to grow up and have like all this internet shit in front of you. Just yeah, the amount of messages that kids get. Mm-hmm. It, Oh, I know. And then to not have the, you know, because when you're that age, it's all about ego and id and you just, you think you're going to live forever and you don't see the consequence that you don't see how life is coming and, and life is long actually. And, you know, it's, it's a miracle that so many people make it through those ages because they're so tough. So good luck. Um, Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you for that. So I love his love affair with cars and wouldn't that be such a wonderful skill to have? Like, oh, yeah. Put a car together and it runs and you're like, whoa, I did that. I it, I imagine it's akin to like building a piece of Ikea furniture or trying out a new dish, like baking a new pie or making a new meal and like it actually tasting good and you serving it like. Or even just like <clears throat> showering and putting on clothes and putting on makeup and putting on shoes and leaving the house. Like, well, I did that. That, that sense of accomplishment. Get out of I wrote, bed. What a sense of accomplishment. Oh. <laughs> Trying to make you know it in mean? this world, Ellie. Yes. I'm not going to make it. I can't believe I made it this long. <laughs> right? Oh, most of it's oh, been in the boy. So I love the way he explains 
what being a repo man is and what the process is of repossessing a unit. He's like so calm and educated and he can distill everything down into a way that like really makes it make sense. Like the way he describes so perfectly <laughs> the repossession of a car, it he makes it sound so reasonable. Right? It's very rational. Yeah. Like I yeah. want him to explain everything to me in just this like yeah. reasonable way. And then and then the way he's like just so perfectly puts it like the bank doesn't care about you, the bank doesn't care about me, the bank is af- only after that green. And you're like yes. yes. Talk about That's right. <clears throat> joining people together. I mean he just, I just love his whole approach to his job. Like he talks about the pause button, right? Mm-hmm. He talks about his like repo sense. Mm-hmm. Th- like this is a man you want working for you. I feel like he's the kind of guy, whatever job you threw at him, he is going to find a way through and he's going to be the best employee you ever had. And it, it just makes me so fucking mad. He doesn't have health insurance. Like this I know. is the kind of worker, this is the kind of American worker that should have health insurance, should have full benefit, should have massages and therapy <laughs> and like float tanks and like free hugs and a support animal, like equine therapy. Like this is the kind of person that you want working in your economy. If everyone worked and operated like this and had societal safety nets and programs that kept them like running at full capacity, like imagine what we could do in the world. You know, it's a fucking goddamn shame that this guy didn't have benefits. That's wrong mm-hmm. because it's probably like a contract job. So he probably gets paid like per thing no one wants to claim that yep. he's employed and all of our health is tied up into our employment which is shit and he makes too much to qualify for obamacare or whatever like we zooming out and looking at our society and how we treat our workers he is exactly the person that is in precarious positions and but he should be protected at all costs he should. He should. I, I feel like he's probably still paying for this. Of course. $10,000 ambulance rides? Two of them. Two of them. And I love it how he just throws in the little, like, non sequitur, like, I'm in the wrong business. Like, yeah. ooh, burn. Like, Total he just burn. Gets it totally completely. Yeah. <clears throat> he, like, really knows people and sees people. And understands people, can be with them right where they are. And that is just, like, not only a remarkable employee, but just, like, a remarkable person. It's just such a breath of fresh air. I know. Like, he is very rational about his job. But then he has a total empathy for the people he's doing it to, right? Yeah. Like, they'll, like, hug him or thank him or something when it happens because he gets it. He's it's pretty amazing. He's wise. He's intuitive. He's kind. Mm-hmm. He should be showered with benefits. I know. 
he makes capitalism look good. Like he, he can show up and go, Hey, we know this is a terrible system where we make you rely on a car and then we tell you it has to be a nice one and you're going to need it to get to your job in order to pay for it. And it's all like circular and like, good luck with it. And you didn't pay for yours. So I have to take it. And he makes it reasonable. Yeah. He really does. Um, and his, his whole thing about going above and beyond to be decent to people. It's just so lovely to get stuff from their car and give them the business card and let them know where it's going to be. And, and then to go the extra and he probably doesn't have to call the banks and say, Hey, Marjorie really needs this car to get to work. Like, can you cut her a break? He doesn't have to do that, but he knows that's going extra. It's good. And it's going to help them. Cause man, you are every situation that he's in, he is facing someone having their worst day. As he says, yeah, Something's yeah. gone wrong, and he's got to be there to finish it off. And if you're debating between rent or the car payment, yeah. it's the yeah. worst. It's pretty bad. Did you have anything else you want to say about that whole him being him as a repo man? No. So his he meets his dad right before the attack. Do you think that's significant? Like day of. Yeah, Night yeah. of. He gets back from Florida after having visited Man. the dad. Yeah. Do you think that's significant? If you were a believer in significant things. Oh, like signs. Signs. Oh, yeah, that's so crazy. It's kind of wild. The cane thing, of course, but then meeting his dad who allegedly like hit him with a cane. Yeah. And then that night. Yeah. Just so weird. Well, and he talks, it's funny because he talks like later sort of in the wrap up about how he wasn't ever going to approach a situation like that the same way. But, but honestly, mm. the way he approaches it, it felt like he did everything. There was nothing about that situation that stuck out to him as a red flag that he avoided. Like he well, even says like thing. he... Well, I'm saying like sometimes he like has this repo instinct, right? Where he dr- yeah. drives up to a situation and he's like, mm, I don't think so. But he said mm-hmm. he drove up, he saw the red Mercedes, its butt was facing out. So he knew it was going to be like an easy, like bish, bash, bosh, put it on the truck. Right. So there wasn't anything that like set off his spidey sense to make him feel like he was walking into danger. Right. Which right kind of speaks there, yeah. to like you can have all the instinct in the world but sometimes people just turn on you and you don't know that it's coming. Imagine you're, you haven't paid your car payment in three months and you know, something bad is coming. Right. Mm-hmm. And the repo man shows up in your driveway and you look out and you're like, Oh shit, it happened. How would you handle that situation? How would you, T, handle that Well, first off, like, what happened? Like, what if it was in your garage? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. You probably not. Okay, I don't know. Okay. Um, I don't know. I probably, like, just feel defeated and, like, 
do the things I'm supposed to do and yeah. like probably be like, is there any way, you know? Yeah. Try to find an out. There wouldn't be an out. And then I would just give up and hate my life. Well, and you'd and probably be really kind to car. the guy. If he's being nice to you, you're going to be nice to him. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine going batshit crazy on someone that is just doing their job that I just, it's just crazy to me. Like you missed your payments. Like you should be offering me like a LaCroix or something. Not like, Oh, I know. Someone after me. It's just weird. I mean, a lot of people do that. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people blame the messenger all the time. Well, like, I know it's not your fault. Like, like any kind of retail or anything that's happening. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, sorry, yeah, we're out of that. It's like, what? why? You, why'd you do that? It's like, no, what do you mean? I didn't. What? <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell on myself a little bit? Oh, no. So... Scott and I have Stubbs accounts with AMC, so we both pay $23.99 a month, and that entitles us each to get three movies for free a week. So if you see a lot of movies, it's a really great deal. And I'm honestly, so in the Bay Area, even if you see two movies in the month, like you're already, yeah. you know, it's already paying for itself. Um, and it's on an app. And one thing I hate about the system, like when you show your tickets on your app, like on your phone, they also want to see your ID. And I hate it. I hate it, hate it, hate it. And I just, I'm always going on about, ah, who's, who are these people stealing movies? What do they care? If I've got the ticket, who, who gives a shit where I got it from? Because like, then you share it. You can share it and... Only but a ticket is a ticket. I know, but it you makes- could share it with somebody and then you'd only have to pay for one month of payment, but yeah, other but people how, could use it too. How many people are actually abusing that system? A million could do it. I doubt it. It drives Just because me you and Scott are doing it together, you, you know, but if you guys went mm-hmm. separate, you could share it and there wouldn't be... But we wouldn't do that because that's not how it's meant to be used. I think. Well, yeah, but maybe I'm too yeah. trusting, and I assume most ninety nine percent of people are going to use it correctly. So why? I mean, should I would I assume, to- but you know, it's so easy; you could just do it. Okay, you're making points, and I agree. But still, <laughs> it, like I get irrationally okay. angry okay, good. Yes. having to show my ID, and. Every time we walk up, I always say to Scott, like, when they ask me to see my ID, I'm not, I'm going to refuse to show my ID, you know, because I just get so mad about it. But then every time I, <laughs> I do get out my ID and show them my ID. But you I'm use your face. A You've got your about face. It. Yeah. I'm such a like, bitch mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> yeah. It's me. <laughs> what? You don't trust me? Why don't you trust me? Jim. Like touching his name tag. Like, oh, oh. Is your name Jim? Jim? Can I see your ID? Jim? 
There's a Jimmy. No fucking. <laughs> I've definitely been <laughs> that, that person that is like, do you have team meetings like once a month? Can I get something on the agenda for you to bring up? Like I've actually <laughs> said that to someone. Like, it's not like the, they make those decisions there, though. They're not making those decisions. They're just told to do that. But maybe they could like put it on an agenda and it gets talked about. You think anyone listens to them? That would you you get to yell at them, and then they get to not be listened to by corporate or whoever. I know. So they're just standing there while you're poking at Jim, his name tag. Jim. I'm gonna call you know. I'm gonna call you Jack, Jim, until you show me your ID right now. He's like, all right, it's in theater 17. I'm like, okay. He's like, have a great movie. And I'm just like, I'm just such a bitch. Fuck you, Jim. Fuck you. It's not his fault at all. And But for some reason, I ascribe. Why are you doing this? I know. I know. I'm sorry, Jim. I'm sorry. I'm going to end up on a Karen video. I'm going to. Oh, my God. I know. My- that's a the YouTube worst. Compilation. I'd be like, what the fuck? I'm in a YouTube compilation of Karen. And I'm going to post it. <laughs> you know, is that tea behind the. Did you just. Oh my God. Tea? Okay. I'm going to stop. It's messed up. I, I think I also get, I get mad at that guy because. I have had experiences where someone didn't ask for the ID because they're a reasonable fucking person, not like a Nazi. Is it because they're reasonable? Them. Is it because they're reasonable? Are you sure it's because they're reasonable? Mm. Or is it because they're just like, F it, I don't care? Yeah, that's probably more like it. You're right. Jim I, is doing his job. Okay. Jim is like Brian doing his job and saying, hey, uh, them's the rules. Whoa. But Bill is just like smoking a blunt, just like do what you want. I don't care. I'm not gonna look at your ticket. Like that's the employee. I like this guy. Employee of the month right here, guys. Right here. Can I get on a team meeting just so I can get you employee of the month? You know, I'm gonna join the team. Can I join the team? Wow. I know. Okay. I'll change. I'm disappointed. I'm sorry. You're not like this. This isn't you. I know. It makes me so mad. (laughs) Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. (sighs) 
Glad we got that out. Okay, I'll try to be. I'll try to be different. Better. Try to be better. better. Try to be better. All right, we got to keep so moving luxury on. Right We're now. An hour. Why am I so luxury? <laughs> You're so luxury with your be different, be better. <laughs> All right, calm down, T. I don't need a lecture. Uh, well, you um, know, I used to work in retail, and people would yell at me for no reason. Yeah, I'm sorry. You did too, though, which is kind of it's 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 messed up. I didn't work it's in retail. Up. Well, I didn't work in retail. I mean, I worked service. A, yeah, service. But people rarely yelled at me. I feel like. Um, well, when they yelled at me, it was because I messed up. So. Yeah, but you were a slacker <laughs> employee that just. I was like, I don't care. Do what you want? You were just more competent than real slackers. So you're like, your slacker was still like, you know, B plus behavior compared to like an actual slacker. Actually, it was like a some really good servers. I was the one who was the worst. Yeah, but even that's pretty good. <laughs> okay, what else? Um, I love it that he wanted to super glue his face <laughs> when my when my sister broke yeah. her leg. And- places my dad told her to walk it off like i feel like i grew up in a robitussin family do you how did did you grow up in a robitussin family no i was they were bringing me to the hospital if i had anything or they thought i was gonna die all the time kind of thing yeah so yeah you probably it wasn't like just take robitussin well i also it only happened like i stopped getting sick after second grade You know, I just, I had pneumonia in second grade and then after that, I never got sick again. Interesting. So, you, or you were better at hiding it from your mother. She would freak out and be like, T, we have to go You're to the You're going to die. We have to go to no, I don't know. I never got sick again. Fascinating. I didn't get that yearly thing. Oh, I was going to look up violent outbursts from anesthesia, but I didn't. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. That Apparently thing? it happens a lot. Scary. That is scary. Oh, about his uh, super gluing too. Yeah. So gross. I don't have anything to say about this, but so gross. So the doctor like put his it's finger scary. in my yeah. skull hole to the second knuckle. And I was like, I was looking at my skull finger hole. like, second knuckle. What? <laughs> Does that um, seem. Yeah, that was. Is that what doctors upsetting. do? I feel like. Is that hmm. step one? I'm Pick your yeah. finger in the hole. I don't yeah, know. That's too deep for me. I really want to read his anger journal. And I think that's a really great way to let out like all of yeah. his fears and frustrations. Oh, and anger. yeah. 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 That's a good read. I bet he says some nasty shit. Like he oh, just for like, sure. So he does do the psychedelic trip to release the anger yes. and negativity. Seems and, to help. Which was That's a lot. such a cool story. I mean, it shows yeah. like how intentional you have to be with your drug taking for it to work. I mean, he took mm-hmm. he takes eight hits of acid, which is crazy. Four double dots. Yeah, there's no way. Four double dots. That's crazy. Um, I'd be dead. I'm just telling you right now, I'd be dead. Did you, you've done acid a lot in your life. Whoa, called out. Oh, 
Mom. I was talking to my mom. (laughs) (laughs) All right, call you back later, Mom. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I have done a little, you know, dabbled. So you're aware that you have to be really intentional about how your trip is going to go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some stuff to think about, right? Like, make sure you're around people you trust. Try to be in a safe space. Make sure you don't have, like, responsibilities within the next, like, eight hours or whatever. Drink a lot of water. Yeah, so... Orange juice, I think, is good. Recently, I had a very bad trip on mushrooms. Oh, God. Am I going to have flashbacks right now? I'm scared. Go ahead and say... I'm scared though. We were at the Madonna. Why was it bad? I'm about to oh, tell you. Me. <laughs> With a group of people that I'm not Are you okay forever. now? I'm okay, okay now? now. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Okay. Obviously. Um, I don't know. I feel like I have been a tad more emotional since it happened. But basically, yeah. we were in the pool. I was on mushrooms. Um, it was raining, but the pool was heated um, around all of, like, wonderful, amazing people. And I was tripping pretty hard. And then everyone was like, we got a dinner reservation at 8 p.m. Oh, my God. And, <laughs> and, and other people were on it, too, right? But so, But there had to be this transition between getting out of the pool in the rain, getting to my room and getting ready for dinner. And it fucked <sighs> me up. I can't imagine. I couldn't do it. Like Scott Don't was tripping really hard. He's my savior of that night. Like if it wasn't for him, I, I never would have made it through. Like he was so kind. He definitely, he put his high aside and just was the, so there for me. Like he took care of me and he explained why I wasn't at dinner (laughs) because by the time we got back to the room, I was hysterical. I was like, I'm not ready for dinner. I can't go to dinner. I can't do dinner. I I can't can't imagine going to dinner. Yeah. I I would be like, I'm not going for sure. I'm not ready for dinner. Just like sobbing like that. And then I was saying things like, you don't know these people. These people know me. They know me. I can't be I around them. It was like I felt too exposed. Exposed. Or yeah. 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 And <clears throat> I was definitely freaking out. Scott called it later. He said he thinks he, I had a drug induced pa- panic attack, is how he explains me to people. But um, everyone was kind about it. Like, no one gave me shit. So he he goes to dinner. I'm left in the room. I was like, I just want to be oh, alone. By yourself? Yeah. Okay. I was like, I wanted to be alone. Because I was just, I was hysterical. What and were you thinking? What's going on in there? I can't go to dinner. I'm not know, ready for dinner. What, what, are, I know there's like a million things happening in like, there, I right? just kept putting myself at dinner and just knowing that I hated real- it. I couldn't be there. But you, what, 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 those were your only thoughts? There were other thoughts in there? Well, so I started watching cable, because that's what you do in a hotel room, right? Yeah. And 
So then I was just obsessed with whatever I was watching. Like, and I did that intentionally. I couldn't look at my phone. My phone was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was watching. <laughs> and I was seriously moved. I watched Back to the Future, just sobbing. Like the scene at the end when like Biff is basically like sexually assaulting her and I'm just like beside myself and I'm watching the TV like you You're know, like, like clinging like, onto the bed like <laughs> <laughs> and 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 then I'm watching a speed and I'm like wow the production values of speed are just amazing like what it must have taken to to make this movie happen just I was just so interested in TV and Scott's yes. texting me and making sure I'm okay. And, and he gave me like a, like a weed mint to help me like, cal- like come down, I guess. And then that helped give me a bit of an ap- appetite. And then I asked him to bring me fries. And, and then there was like an after party in Sarah's room. It was for her birthday and <laughs> I couldn't go. No, I was like, no I'm no. still not ready. I can't yeah. be with people. Sorry yeah. about that. I know it's been three hours, but I can't. Yeah. No, it was a terrible state. It was terrible. I'm so sorry. That sounds so awful. And we were trying to figure out, and we think it, like, a lot of things had to do with it, but it was, like, probably, also our room was, like, a cave. Like, it was a rock ceiling, rock floor, rock walls. This is at Madonna Inn, where all the rooms are different. And Scott thinks it was a combination of, like, me having to get out of the pool and then go to this like cla- kind of claustrophobic space with like the idea of like being in public for dinner. Like all of that was just too much for me to handle. And I wouldn't doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. But I'm glad. Even moving Brian... from one place to another. Yeah. I think that, that transition. So and then the, the dinner thing, I just wouldn't have. Didn't. I couldn't have done that either. I'm with you on this. The public. But I guess everyone was tripping pretty hard at dinner and everyone was having trouble, but I was the only one that couldn't. I, I feel like I would have been the same. I, yeah. I don't think I would have been with you. I think if I were there, I would feel the same. I wouldn't go to dinner, but I also wouldn't be hanging out with you. I'm not going to hang out with anybody. I'd be sitting in my room doing probably exactly what you did. What do you think about his sentence of uh, George's sentence of only 10 years? Yeah, that was confusing, wasn't it? Like, if he had said something, it would have been 25 years. But because yeah. he didn't say anything, it was only 10. Did you understand that? It was No. Like, I thought it'd be the other way around. Hmm. Or maybe, oh, is it like a premeditated thing? Like, it was just a reaction, a reaction. But if he had said stuff then it's like you planned to do it and was doing it. I don't know. I feel like I, I understand law stuff like that. And I don't get this one. Yeah. And somebody posted a picture of um, George Rainey. Oh shit. Didn't you didn't, you haven't seen that? No. I mean, it's pretty fucked up that there was crimes in his past that he hadn't been convicted of, which is sort of weird. It's weird. Just goes to show you, everyone gets their comeuppance eventually. But he only got ten years. But I guess he's seventy-five, so it's not like. I don't know. Here's a controversial opinion. 
Oh, I love these. I don't think that people should go to prison past a certain oh. age. Oh. But there has to be some, obviously, what there age? has to be some punishment or retribution. The guy's 75 and he was wielding, you know, a cane. Like he's yeah, capable. He shattered a gelat yeah. walking stick over someone's head. Okay, so he's capable. That's true. But I guess everyone's capable. Like, it's weird once you get to, like, 75. Like, I don't know. Some people aren't as capable. That's true. I don't think I'll be as capable at 75. I don't want to think about it. I don't know what's going to happen. I can barely stomach staring down 50. It's pretty fucked up, too, that George didn't have any remorse. I know. I mean, what a terrible way to live your life. Just angry. Um, but I really yeah. loved, I really loved, um, Brian's <clears throat> final message when he says it's easy to be angry and it's hard to be happy. Do you think that's true? I think so. You got to make that effort. I think you can yeah. look at any situation and see all the negative pieces of it or all the positive pieces of it. It's like, you're, yeah. you know, but you got to really work hard at it, I think. I love that, too. Um, when I think about the whole of Brian's story, it's really a remarkable arc because he completely changed. I mean, it's so rare that you hear that, yeah. you know, like going from this, like, really angry kid yeah to a really remarkable adult who lives in light and kindness and calmness and peace i mean most people don't get that chance to change so drastically he's a person that like we said he finds a way through but he also he pays attention and he he I don't want to say this. Not like <clears throat> he feels things deeply. And that's our show. <laughs> <laughs> and you thought you could do this podcast. <laughs> We're the only it's one. Nice. It's nice that, and I'm sure Whit will appreciate this, you know, <laughs> when we talk about those his podcast, like we really touch on it in the intro, we touch on it in the outro, and then everything in the middle has nothing to do with anything. We talked. No, we, we talked did. We talked a lot about it. We talked I, a lot. I want to give this guy full benefits. No, for sure. He's amazing. I mean, he was 12 years old, punching trees, angry. It was fine with the bleeding. All the way, like you're saying, this character arc where he's just, like, enlightened, it feels like. Yeah. I also love, like, when he was, you know, on acid, the psychedelics, and he's like, it's amazing to be able to, like, look at your – it's like he's looking at his brain and being like, you know what? This mm. is something I don't want. I'm going to move that – into my trash pile and this one like this is really great this will make my life happy 
And I'm going to put that in there. Yeah. And, this, and organizing all things and then coming out of it and being like, yes. And then like totally covering it with some whipped cream by going for a mow. Go mow the yard. Just what I do. Always makes everything feel better. I love mowing. I miss mowing so much. I've never mowed. I want to mow. You have a yard, T. Seems peaceful. Yeah. You hire people for that. Is that what you do? Got to pay the mower? Your landscape. The landscapers. Yeah. Landscapers. Landscaper. They do it. You. Well, we know what those four meetings this morning are going toward. You know, I'm kind of surprised that you're not a mower. And that wife of yours, she loves the yard. No, no, she does the gardening and everything. You tell those vultures, it's fucking Friday. You're on a four-day work week now, and they need to back off. Doesn't seem that. I thought we were in this, like, enlightenment. You don't need another meeting. You're getting back to your Karen. I'm not showing my ID to you. Okay. Do we have anything else to say about Brian outside of we love him? Um, he's a, yeah. He's and, a and, and really, he really is. All, I mean, I can't. All the Facebook comments are basically like, you're amazing. I'm inspired by you. Your story's moving. You're a great storyteller. Like every single There's not one. No one's fighting. I like it when they fight, but there's no fighting. I have a feeling some upcoming episodes, there's going to be some fighting. Oh, spoiler alert. Um, Instagram, I also wrote nothing too noteworthy. The usual, it was good. I cried. The only moderately controversial was 10 years seems, seems too short of a sentence. And then people also didn't understand why. If you would have said something, you would have got 25 years. I guess yeah. we'll never figure this out. Um, you if know, we have any lawyers uh, that are listening to us and yes, understand help that us. Bit, can you just email us at traumabondedpod at gmail.com? Yeah, I like since I started it. criminal law. Yeah, if you I have a criminal know. law degree. <clears throat> I did want to read a couple comments. Oh, great. Great. Um, good. Um, M. Daniel 80 says. <laughs> M. M. Daniel 80 says, I can't get this episode to play. Any suggestions? <laughs> Wait, I got another one. This is good. That's a good one. E Rock underscore 903 says, I don't if this happened to anyone else, but why did the audio get caught off towards the end? Still a great episode. Hey kids, I know some of you have been raised on the internet, but next time you're making a comment on a public forum, one, think think it through. Mm-mm, why isn't it working? I don't know. Maybe restart your device. Yes. Or, or close out of the program and open it back up. Um, just try the one time, try something. 
Press if play again. Can't. It looks like it might have paused. And if you have further issues and and you're, you still must publicly ask and comment, at least make an effort to proofread what you put on the on the internet. Just just out of respect. I don't if um Yeah, that's <laughs> I don't I It don't, got caught. It got caught off. I don't I don't if I don't if um, when I when I first read it, I I don't know what this says about me. I inserted the word care. Ooh. I don't care if this happened to anyone no, else. No, it's no. It's no. I, yeah, it's I no. don't know if. But I read it as care. What does that say about me? And then E-Rock underscore that. 903 says, why did the audio get caught off? C-A-U-G-H-T. Yes, I, I caught that. You got yeah. that. Caught off guard? No, caught off. I don't yeah, know. I Maybe got E-Rock got underscore 903 is like six years old, and I'll just give them a pass. But seriously, people. People. It's not necessary to comment those. Did anybody really comment back? Did comment they reply? Contributing to a healthy discussion. Is it? And if it's not, at least make sure it's a complete sentence with words that make yeah. sense. Did did people reply? No. To those? No, no. right? I don't think it's just stepping over dead. Why bodies, would you, you know? Why would I mean yeah. yeah. Stepping over turds. Just try again. I maybe you should reply. Try again. <laughs> try harder. Have you have you figured it out? Did you get to listen to it? Did you? Those are great. I love yeah. those comments. <laughs> None of that on Facebook. Seems like everybody's oh, pretty smarter, smarter crowd on Facebook, maybe. Maybe capable. older. Um <clears throat> Okay, well maybe younger. T is that the is that the end of this episode? I feel good Anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This has been an episode of Trauma Bonded. You can find our episodes where podcasts are kept. Thanks to Brian for sharing their story and giving us the opportunity to talk about it. And thanks to This Is Actually Happening team, including Whit Misseldine and the maker of our music, Nathaniel Trimboli. You can contact us at traumabondedpod at gmail and search for us on Instagram and TikTok. We might have accounts by now. We are trauma bonded to the story, to the storyteller, to the listeners, and to each other. But don't forget, we're not doctors. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to read the thing. Side effects include. No. Okay. You can. No. I got to go. I'm going to get in trouble. Oh, you're going to get in trouble. I don't want to get in trouble. You'll build a pair of Okay, bye, T. That's horrifying. Love ya. (laughs) I love you. Bye. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. 
Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.